0: Welcome in
1: the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bradman. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What do you up to do, you big Tennessee homer? hey buddy what's going on oh man hey we are slowly but surely inching closer to the football season inching closer to put together a full show featuring cousin shane on camera how you doing brother
0: we're getting there man i'm learning way too much about computers and shit i'm up last night and my wife's like what are you doing it's 11 o'clock at night and i'm trying to i'm telling her I'm trying to figure out what the difference between Dropbox Pro and Professional is and if it's worth the extra $10. She's like, just go to bed. It's Saturday, you know? We didn't even do a podcast. But I'm just trying to get everything squared away. And I think I got everything set up. I, I, I think there's no way I can mess this up, right? But then my camera starts doing this little battery thing. And I'm like, damn, did I charge the thing? You know? So, hey, what matters is uh the audio. I got it going and, yep. and we're 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 like you're gonna hear some of these coaches talk about efficiency <laughs> here in a minute. <laughs> we're doing the same thing, man. I, I just burnt three of my timeouts here on this podcast. So we'll see how long this one goes. But uh Mike, other than that, I'm doing fantastic. Hey, it's game week. That's that's my favorite part is the fact that we have football mm-hmm. at the end of this week, brother. Come on now.
1: Yeah, and I was just going to talk about that. Of course, Vanderbilt going to Hawaii, but I did want to mention uh-huh. real quick, some of you may be confused. There might be two podcasts hitting your feed. We posted the, the Twitter spaces we did Friday night, so yep. that was a great time. Had a lot of interaction. Would have loved to see more of you guys jump on and, and ask us questions. We'll, so, again, we're going to try to do that every Friday. Be some, And it, it's a little, you know, it's uh, the, the audio is not quite – like a regular podcast because we're sitting there drinking. It's a little mm-hmm. uh, less buttoned up. Hey, I didn't know we could get less buttoned up than we <laughs> are, Shane, but that, that Twitter Spaces was a good old time, didn't you think?
0: Twitter Spaces was great. Um, you know, There was a couple of times I lost audio there. Yeah, It got pointed out. I started talking over a few folks, but I apologize <laughs> for that. That's that East Tennessee internet, you know. Uh, apparently there was a little rain that night, but – Mike, the the <laughs> fact of the matter is, it was good interaction. It was fun talking to the fans. Yeah. Um. You know, there's a lot of buzz about every a lot of programs this year, and and we just wanted to get your feedback. I'd love to see a few more universities, you know, chime in this weekend when we we do do it again on Friday, and uh, so just set your alarm. We'll we'll put out a post there, a little reminder, and and hopefully we could catch more of you uh, on this show.
1: Yeah, no doubt, Shane. And and again, looking forward to Friday, excuse me, Saturday night. Friday night's the spaces. The next day Saturday. We're gonna have action, mm-hmm. Shane. Vanderbilt at Hawaii. And we threw this up on the Twitter. I'll throw it up on the YouTube show if you missed it, but have you seen this stadium they're playing at? It it literally holds 3,000 fans, and that's it. I mean, uh-huh. it's this is worse than uh, Morristown West, uh, their stadium. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so well, I forgot all about this. Shane, Hawaii's Aloha Stadium, that thing got condemned in 2020.
0: They're, yeah,
1: They're building a new stadium. So they're basically uh, – we're going to have a nationally televised SEC team kicking off the season here at uh, basically a high school stadium.
0: A lot of jokes, Mike. A lot of jokes online. Uh, I've heard everything from Vanderbilt's use to this uh, to, you know, comparison to high school stadiums. Uh, I've seen it all, Mike. But the fact of the matter is I don't care where it's at. I, I remember a few years ago they were doing a preseason football game and it got canceled because of something with the turf. Do you remember that? The paint? Yeah. Or something like that. And I was just so disappointed because there was four high schools within walking distance of that campus and i'm like why can't we just play there it does not matter where it's at long as we got some college football on our tv and that's the way i feel about this i know it's funny but man i don't care where it's at it could be on the dark side of the moon as long as we're playing college football i'm gonna watch every minute of it
1: <laughs> yeah i'm right there with your brother and uh, hey, one little thing uh, another thing i wanted to mention shane because you called attention to it, and, and I recommend, hey, we're going to plug another outlet here for just a second. But I was on a, uh, the tex radio show on mm-hmm. Friday. That's how I – just a little insight into the audience. Basically, Friday, that's my weekend. That's the only day I really have time to cut loose yeah. the rest of the time I'm working on this show. So Friday is – officially is my weekend. But yeah. I woke up early because they said, hey, can you do tex 9 o'clock in the morning? I said, I'll be there. That's a that's a big-time show. <laughs> and, boy, did it. Man, I well, walked a right into the bus, bus yeah. all there. I was <laughs>
0: like, oh, my God. Oh, man, I thought. I said, damn, Mike is up against the ropes. I wish I could have came in there and. <laughs> Made a few jokes to give you some times to think about what was going on, but, man, they were swinging, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, so just,
1: hey, go check that out. That was some pretty entertaining stuff. Um And, hey, I didn't take any of it personally. I thought it was a great no. time. Looking, But basically, the, 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 the boiler points, if anybody missed it, they were just completely bewildered that I said Sam Pittman, better coach than Jimbo Fisher. So, mm-hmm. if you want to, you know, rehash that argument, go check it out. But – just wanted to plug it. I mean, that was a fun little interaction. I thought.
0: Yeah, no, I thought it was good, and I mean, if if that's if that's all it takes right now, you know, I mean, that's that. I think it says more about the program. There's a lot of a lot of SEC teams out there. They're just wanting to know, you know, who the quarterback is. Is is there is there a chance we make it to a bowl? You know, and and he's and being worried about a, a another coach up north. You know, this that was during talking season. Uh, you know, I mean, come on. You got you got other stuff to worry about. I love these little things. I love these little banter's, you know, Right. because you're going to hear it throughout the ga- throughout this podcast. These coaches coming up, mm-hmm. mad at other coaches, things like that. I just I love that underlying story that that that, that storyline underneath these games, and and I just think it, it makes it better, you know, because for instance, Texas A and M, the ones that really took took you know. Maybe they hated the comments you made it about Sam Pittman. Right, it's going to mean more to them when they play Arkansas. Oh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of them. They got saved clips, brother. They're ready to fire <laughs> them off at you. You may want to get off Twitter if Texas A&M wins that game. But there's going to be a lot of deleting. If they lose, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I just think that's what makes college football so damn fun. It's, it's, it's these little storylines that are going on underneath the Jimbo and Texas A&M and Alabama, uh, Kentucky and South Carolina, uh, Tennessee and Missouri. These these little coach stabs that we get. I think it makes makes it for better football. But as talking heads, we've made a lot of bold predictions, too. And, and you better believe it makes it more important for our listeners when these games actually happen.
1: Yeah, and that's a perfect, hey, we got a little teaser, Shane. We're going to reveal a uh, a new sponsor here in in the coming days and
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: perfect opportunity to put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, and, and wager on these games. You know what I'm saying? (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. We do. We do got this coming up and it's going to be a personalized betting. Look into this thing. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, We'll have some details rolling out later this week. But uh, hey, I've made some bold statements. I've made some some locks of the week. You know, we're going to switch it to wagers of the week. But Mike, uh, you know, now I'm going to be able to put my money where my mouth is. And if you want to come at it, you can, you know, so that's what I love about it.
1: Yeah, for sure. So we'll talk more about that later, Shane. We've got a ton to discuss here. So, um, hey, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the great uh, Chris Lowe from ESPN SEC Insider wrote a post, uh, I believe this was Saturday. Uh, Mm -hmm. According to his reporting, Shane, the SEC is close to going to a nine-game schedule here. Something that, Mm. that we debated and debated for months and months, and there was... The back and forth and, of course, the spring meetings, and they didn't make a determination on that. According to Chris Lowe, whatever teams were kind of on the fence there that really needed to push this thing from an eight-game conference schedule to the nine, it it's going to happen apparently according to Chris Lowe. So just, you know, we'll have all kinds of time to talk about pods and, and whose team <laughs> should go in here and there. But, you know, it, it's going to be the format that we were in favor of, three permanent games that you play every year. Yeah. And then the other six, you rotate annually and and again, you're going to be able to go to play every single SEC team every other year. So, I mean, this hmm. is the format if we want a balanced and fair conference and and I've heard some people say, "Well, hell. This ain't going to be fair cuz sometimes, you know, your team's going to have five SEC games home games. Hmm. And other years you're only going to have four. But, again, I, I think that makes it even more interesting because, hell, some people get tired of Alabama and Georgia dominating. What if this was a yeah. year they both had only four home games in conference play? Yeah. I mean, that's a wild card that we'd have to throw in there that maybe gives uh, an edge to another team that has a chance to to win that division title. You know what?
0: Mike, I think, you know, I love the players, and I think they benefit from this, but this is more for fans, in my opinion. I want to go to these stadiums. I I don't want yeah. to go down to Texas A and M every fifteen years. I don't right. want to go to Arkansas every fifteen years. I want to I want to see these guys every other year or every fourth year. You know, I have an opportunity to go to these different cathedrals and experience what these other fans get to. It's just bucket list for me, bucket list for a lot of these guys. So I think breaking up the normalcy of college football is not a bad idea. Football's been evolving since day one, and uh, this is no different. And I think this is actually one of the few moves that I've seen the conference do that I think benefits everybody, everybody involved. And uh, worst-case scenario, man, you get one more SEC football game a year. You know what I'm saying? That's right. So, so. – yeah, knock off uh, Mercer or knock off yeah, <laughs> Southeast Louisiana Monroe. It doesn't matter, you yep. know. Who's it's one more game that matters, and and I, I just I, I think it's perfect, and I'm 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 excited for it. I am interested to see the three rivalries. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of list season, so we probably can't do a deep dive into that. I'm sure we've done a pod <laughs> similar to it, but we'll we'll bookmark it and uh, hit it in February. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we got football to discuss, Shane. And That's right. Speaking of that, let's kick it on down to Columbia real quick where South Carolina, they had some kind of event there over the weekend, Shane. And, of course, mm-hmm. we talked about it, M- Mark Stoops, and we'll even get to him in just a moment here. But, you know, his comments of, you know, you, the culture and you can't do it with the stupid sunglasses and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, Shane Beamer, Shane, it, it certainly seems like he's issuing his response to that. So check it out what old uh, Shane Beamer had to say here.
2: But the
3: culture is a hell of a lot hotter than when we it it
1: stronger. We will see you in two weeks. Don't All right, Shane. So, hey, again, I mean, South Carolina fans, this uh-huh. has got to get them fired up. And even, you know, they're already on the Shane train. But anytime someone calls out your coach, your program, even if they pretend they didn't do it,
0: uh-huh. you
1: know, a coach is just going to get more and more support within the fan base if they fire back like this, don't you think?
0: Yeah, and this is what I love, man. And I wish we saw. We used to do a, a segment, "Tell the Tr- Truth Tuesday," <laughs> and and I wish, I wish you could give these guys truth serum. I wish they could come out and say, you know what? Say what you want, man. I mean, because it look at Conor McGregor in and, and Ultimate, Fi- you know, UFC, mm-hmm. the 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 reason that his fights were so fun to watch was all the shit talking prior to the fight. And, and I think, I think we, you know, the etiquette and all this, this, this BS that goes along with coach speak and stuff like that. I I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I wish these coaches could come out and say what they want. The fact of the matter is coach Stoops took a shot at Shane Beamer, Shane Beamer rebuttal, you know, and later on, they're going to act like, oh, well, that's not what we meant, whatever, (laughs) but. Why? Why why cower from it? Talk about your true feelings, man. You you're building something special down there in South Carolina. As a Kentucky fan, you have got something special up there in Lexington. You're not afraid of the Gamecocks, say it. You know what I'm saying? Don't yeah. don't, don't 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 hide from it. And I, and I think I wish the coaches could do that. I wish they could get – and I'm starting to see a little bit more of it with this younger generation of coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not the old heads like like Saban anymore. It's, <laughs> it's it's these young guys, they fire off. How many times has, has Drinkwitz said something and he's like, damn, you know, nobody was saying something like that <laughs> 10 years ago. I love it because Lane Kiffin, they're just telling you the true feelings. And, uh, and I love this, man. If you talk about firing up a fan base, they're going to need them when these two teams play.
1: Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say, Shane. Saturday, October 8th. I Mm. mean, if that was not already circled on your calendar, South Carolina at Kentucky. Yes. This is quickly becoming – we did must-watch TV last week. (laughs) That's quickly rising up the boards now because of this back and forth. You know what?
0: Oh, yeah. We're going to keep reminding you until that game. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, let's kick it down to to shake. because Mark Stoops had a, a rebuttal of, of, of his own saying, hey, well, this was not mm-hmm. directed at Shane Beaver. Yeah. How, how the hell are
0: you connecting <laughs> these dots? It don't make any Where did sense that come? In the world. I wear sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, an interview you did with the SEC Network got a lot of- <laughs> I'm
4: glad you you brought that up, John, because it had nothing to do with Shane Beamer. It had to do with me, what I did when I got here. I was the one that changed the helmets and, heck, I wore a blue-collar shirt in the meetings, I wore a hard hat, I did anything I could, you know what I mean? So I was talking about me. So had nothing to do with Shane Beamer I like Shane and I have no business talking about anybody else you know that we went through this before. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so I I didn't I really that's just not my style you know that you've known me for 10 years um if I'm gonna you know say something to somebody I'll say it you know but there I wasn't talking about Shane at all I didn't even know what people were talking about so
5: you hadn't seen the video
4: of the I didn't no all right, Chase, so you heard it there uh, from Mark Stewart. I mean, what
1: the
0: hell is he talking about, the hat? I, mean, he- I wore a hard hat back in 1985, <laughs> you remember? That's the thing. That's the video I was referencing. Not, yeah. not the same video that came out during SEC media days when I made these statements. Not related at all. I was talking about something that happened 10 years ago. <laughs> we all
1: remember the decade-old video of Stoops in a hard hat. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, old come on, Stoops buddy. Stoops
0: hard hat. Blue collar. Yeah, that blue collar <laughs> comedy. That's what that is, Mike. I ain't buying that shit.
1: <laughs> but hey, in all seriousness, we do have a good clip here from from Mark Stoops talks preseason recognition. Perfect, perfect answer, Shane. Hey, I don't want to be ranked at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I want to be ranked at the end of the year. So let's kick it over to Stoops for this one.
4: Mark, I know you've got your hands full, but you've never dismissed any national recognition your team gets. I mean, you're ranked in the top 45 in a lot of polls. What, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm glad for the team and for, you know, the, the fan base and, you know, all the hard work. But as you know, I mean, pre- I, again, I've said this many times when we weren't ranked. Let, let's, I'd rather see where we're at, at the end of the year, right? And that's still the same. I want to be ranked much higher than we are right now at the end of the season. So it is what it is. I have no control over that stuff. And uh, I like this team. I like the focus they have. Um, We need to do some things better. We'll challenge them. We'll work on that. But overall, I like their mindset.
1: Now, Shay, one thing that uh, could potentially hurt the Wildcats, though, of course, we talked a little bit about this on the Twitter spaces. So we got Mm -hmm. to bring it up here. But. According to uh, Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio, Chris Rodriguez is going to be suspended four games. And, of course, yeah. that means he's going to miss the Florida game, that, that pivotal mm-hmm. Florida game. How big a news is this uh, in your, your mind?
0: I, I think anytime you've got a star player not playing, it's going to be – you know, it's one less thing that Florida has to, to study on. That's one less player – that the Gators have to have a game script for, um, so I mean he's a he's a X factor if you will, you know. Now that Madden's out, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is a guy that can get heated up and can be dangerous, and I think, uh, you know, we can we can you know skate around it all we want, but it's an issue, and and you're gonna need all those those weapons when you're playing the Florida Gators. I mean, that's, you you need them every year,
1: right? But in fairness, I am looking at the schedule, Shane. I'm going to read you the first four for the Kentucky, mm-hmm. Miami of Ohio, mm-hmm. at Florida, yeah, Youngstown State, okay, and Northern Illinois. So
0: what's what's after Northern Illinois?
1: <laughs> well, that then it gets then they're really going to need them at Ole Miss, South Carolina, okay. and Mississippi State. So I was just
0: wondering. It, they used to be able to pick and choose games back in the day, didn't they? I mean, Well, they got the right
1: you? three right off the deck here, let me tell you, minus the Florida game.
0: Yeah. Maybe they're just that confident. Like, we need you for Old Miss. We don't need you for Florida. You hear that, Gators?
1: I mean, who knows? Maybe this – they're looking at it like, hell, Chris Rodriguez, he's completely fresh starting October 1. <laughs> yeah. This may help him out. You know what?
0: Absolutely. to bring in the hammer. So, uh no, nah, as long as he's not hammered, we'll be fine, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Oh, no. Um, no, I I, I think it's – like I said, I think it's a blow, but I think it's something they can get by. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if they do drop this game, it's going to be hard not to look back and say, would it have been different right. if Rodriguez would have been in there?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, certainly I think that's big. And even, you know, I kind of kid, but his first game being on the road at Ole Miss, who knows – you know, yeah. where, where he is mentally, where he is physically. If he's had to sit out for a month, I mean, hell, they're not going to be hitting him in practice, I wouldn't think. So, right. uh, you know, that, that's certainly something to consider, I think. Yeah. Now, next, Shane, let's kick it on down to a rocky top. Oh, boy, Shane, it was revealed by our, our buddy. You like to call him uh, Trey Schefter over there, Trey Wallace, with <laughs> OutKick. It turns out Southern Cal dragging their feet, Shane, with this Brood McCoy uh-huh. situation. That's why McCoy is not currently eligible. We'll get to uh, Josh Hypel's comments here in a minute. I've already reached out to Trey. He's going to be joining the show on the next episode to kind of uh, give us some insight into this situation. But, mm-hmm. man, that's a damn shame, isn't it? Because last time I checked, Southern Cal, about half their team transferred in this offseason. So yeah. they're all about, hey, they got their arms wide open to transfers, but people transferring out. Let's make it as difficult as possible on them. And uh, whew, not not a good look for Southern Couch. And I don't know if you've seen it, but Tennessee Vol fans, they've got the number and the email of uh, some of the administration up there and they're being very public, <laughs> letting that information out, saying, hey, give these people a call. Let, let's free
0: Brew McCoy. Yeah, uh, I, I, It makes you wonder how this – you know, because Coach Riley had talked to every player right up there. He's talked to everyone that was transferring out. So you know, must have burned a couple bridges on the way out for them to be dragging their feet. But to say they ain't got time, Mike, if you got time to switch conferences, you've got time <laughs> to sign a little form letting this kid play football in the University of Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't so th- this is stupid, and and I think you should take notice. I I, I think Lincoln, you forget, man. You got to scratch my back, scratch your back. There's going to be a lot of SEC players that are going to try to go to USC uh, through the years. And, and they remember this stuff. Coaches talk. So, um, I, I think this is a dumb, this, this should not have taken this long. And, uh, and I do love Tennessee. One thing about Tennessee, man, they know how to, they know how to stir it up. know, <laughs> they, they know how to make some noise. And, uh, it, they're making some folks lives miserable out there in Southern California right now. I guarantee it.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Speaking of uh, mixing it up being interesting, Shane, I, I don't know if you saw this right before we hopped on, but the transfer running back, Lynn J. Dixon, he's uh-huh. been with the team for about two weeks here, no longer on the team. So Ouch. I yeah. don't know what in the hell's going on there. I said when he was added to the roster, you know, don't get too excited about this guy. I mean, I, I'm not trying to downgrade him, but he he was pretty solid as a freshman pretty yeah. good as a sophomore and then the last two years basically nothing I have no idea what the backstory is but a guy mm-hmm. on the team for two weeks and now he's gone uh yeah. I I don't think this is it hurts your depth obviously Tennessee's only got four scholarship running backs but yeah you may be better off without a guy like this you know
0: yeah it's the same old you know a couple weeks ago i was talking about how excited i am this kid's on the team (laughs) now i'm like you know we didn't really need him you know now that i think about it i think it was fifth on the depth jar but now we need depth yeah obviously it's a blow um we don't know the circumstances but you know if it's bad for the team or bad for the player then maybe it's good that he does move on yeah
1: And, and final thing shane let's kick it over to josh heupel real quick who. Other than running back, he seems very happy with the depth and the speed where this mm-hmm. roster is going into year two, as opposed to last training camp. And he talks a little bit about this Brew McCoy situation, and he makes it very clear: Hey, mm-hmm. this ain't on us. This ain't on Tennessee. We're we're waiting for uh, for that paper to get signed,
2: so to speak. Yeah, Rast
1: with him. How
5: how do you feel about your depth overall on those sides of the ball this year compared to a year ago this time?
2: Yeah. just in pure numbers athletic uh, movement, skill sets, uh, much deeper, uh, in particular uh, on on the defensive side of the football. Uh, It's evident in some of the skill spots uh, offensively too. uh, Those young guys that are are, a part of what I'm talking about still have to push and and get themselves ready to go play on on game day. There's some things that we got to clean up. Um, Game day management, those guys operating, uh, some of those guys on special teams, um, but uh, uh, feel like um, we are a much deeper football team than, than we were a year ago. And, and uh, um, you know, that that's going to play out as, you know, you inevitably have some injuries during the season. But I think in particular on the defensive side of the football, you'll see more rotation and, and uh, a lot of guys playing. Josh was wondering <laughs> if you had an update on Brew McCoy and, and with that situation and with the season kind of getting closer and closer how much of a heads up do you all need for him to get into the game plan for the first game knowing that you're uncertain right now yeah obviously you know uh, getting him prepared uh, being able to rep him all of those things you'd like that uh, before you start your regular game plan week you know what i mean essentially seven days before uh, kickoff that's you know best case scenario where you're able to work him and incorporate him and plan uh, for what it's going to look like when we run out of the tunnel our administration's you know done everything that they uh, possibly can they've you know, been great throughout the entire process, um, you know, from, from the very beginning and, and they're still working as hard as they can to uh, to give him the opportunity to, to play. And you also don't know when you might get an answer? I, I don't have an, an answer on that. There's, you know, some things that are out of my control, Bruce's control and our administration's control in this process. And um, everybody on our side is working as hard as they possibly can to make sure that we come to a resolution as quickly as possible and, and uh, give a kid an opportunity to go play.
1: All right, Shane. Hey, but next we got a pair of teams here, excuse me, a, three, a trio of teams here with a quarterback competition still ongoing, heating up there in Oxford. So let, let's kick it down there first, where Lane Kiffin, interesting choice. You know, he's not been sharing anything on this quarterback drama yet. huh mm-hmm. Instead of meeting with the media after the scrimmage, he's like, "Let's do it before the scrimmage." So I'll tell you how important <laughs> this is. I'll tell you, you know, how big of a deal this is for these quarterbacks, and then it just kind of keep you in the dark on how it went. So let's kick it over to uh, Lane Kiffin, who previews the scrimmage over the weekend and talks about uh, Luke Altmeyer and how far he's come along in this off season.
0: Tell me you have dinner plans without telling me you have dinner plans. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and do this early. (laughs) sounds like me in the pod, don't
4: it? Lane, I know you you put a lot of importance on last Saturday's scrimmage. Just through this week, what are you kind of looking for in tomorrow's and kind of boxes you want checked?
6: Well, very similar. Um, We're still in evaluation mode. And, you know, the next one after this really is more about situations and special teams rotations and stuff like that. So – there's not really an evaluation in the one after this, so this is really big. I guess it would be like the last preseason game um, from the NFL model. Coach, how close do you think you are to naming a starting quarterback? Um, I mean, it sounds dumb to say I don't know that, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, some days it's very close. Some days you, th- you can think one, and some days you can think the other, so um, it will happen when it happens. One more quarterback question uh, from me. What, what's, what's been uh, Luke Altmyer's biggest improvement from year one to year two? Confidence, which is <clears throat> would be expected for someone coming from their true freshman year. And, you know, if you're a backup to a pretty elite player, <clears throat> um, you know, you don't take a lot of leadership because you really can't. You know, you're the backup. So um, that's a natural progression. Um, but he's done a great job of that. And, you know, playing with
1: a lot of confidence. So, all right, Shane. I don't know about you, but again, I get no read on what the hell they're doing here in Oxford. And and again, uh, the, the schedule lines up well. I don't think it truly matters who starts week one. They're they're gonna have to have yeah. that solved by the time Kentucky comes to town. But uh, man, Lane Kiffin is is not giving us anything here, is he?
0: I tell you, Mike. The reason I'm so excited about week one, other than it's just college football, is so so we can just stop asking these same questions over and over. I hate quarterback controversy. It's just – it's not controversy. It's just noise. Right. And, and three-fourths of the conversations that happen with Lane Kiffin or – or uh, you know, down there in LSU or down there in Texas A and M, it's 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 the it's the same man. It's just fancy ways of asking the same question of who's the guy, right? And and I hate that because I feel like we get more from the other coaches. I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but when they go to a South Carolina and are talking to a Shane Beamer, you know, I feel like we're getting a real pulse of the team here. We're not. We're not filling it up with BS trying to figure out who the starting quarterback is. Mm -hmm. You know damn well Lane Kiffin knows who the quarterback's going to (laughs) be week one. But he's going to play this, and then he's going to act butthurt when somebody (laughs) asks him a question. It's like, you're doing this. What advantage? Who they got week one?
1: Ole Miss, yeah, they got got a a pretty difficult road here, Shane, right out the gate. Ole Miss Rebels open at home against Troy before playing Central Arkansas week two.
0: That makes sense, you know. It ain't Brad Pitt coming over here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> what is that, Achilles? This isn't that guy. This is <laughs> Troy. You, we don't need to hide your quarterback, man. Just come out here. Own it up. This is our guy. Get behind him and then build this roster up. All right? Because I guarantee you, the reason he did this before, because if you watch the scrimmage, mm-hmm. you'll see exactly who's getting most of the reps.
1: And he, you know, I, I just figured it out. Shane Kiffin, he, was, he wanted to – Go down to the frat house and look for another punter. That's that's what it was all about.
0: <laughs> that's it, man. He met he met a few guys down there. Had a good time. He's doing a cake stand right after this thing. Riding that dog around. I've seen that, man. That's what single dads do, you know. They take their kid and a dog and see what happens
7: at the park, you know. Yep. Come on. Like, exactly. What are you doing? All right,
1: Shay. next let's kick it out on the Bat Rouge, where, again, they got another quarterback controversy of their own. Uh, I'm already on record here. I think it's going to be Jayden Daniels. We said that a week ago, and nothing I've heard contradicts that, so I, I still think it's going to be Jayden Daniels. Sounds like mm-hmm. Brian Kelly is very close to making that determination, but also says, kind of like we've reiterated, Shay, Gus Nuss, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, very mm-hmm. likely to play as well. He also talks yeah. about the experience, Jaden Daniels, and all, all that helps him in this competition. And then one other thing, Shane, we gotta, we can't forget LSU's got one hell of a defensive line, and that could be the difference between winning in the opener against Florida State in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Brian Kelly seems very, very happy with his defensive line. So let's kick it over to him.
2: Brian, just uh, at quarterback, are you starting to see any separation? And what's going to be the kind of the plan heading into the next uh, final week of camp and then game week?
5: Yeah, I, I think you know, it, it, it's pretty clear that it's it's um, Nussmeier, and it's Daniels, and 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 they just have more experience, you know, than than Walker Howard. Walker's done a great job, um, but I think you know his situation now would be an emergency situation, and you know, can we redshirt him? Right, um, that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, so it's a two-man race, and. It's extremely competitive. Um, you know, Jalen does some really good things. You know, obviously his ability to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, it, it's not just, uh, you know, a guy that, that runs, you know. He threw the ball at its 65% completion ratio last year. Um, pushed the ball down the field very well today. Uh, Nuss made some really good plays as well. Unblocked edge player coming at him, gets the ball out of his hands. So this is going to be... Look, I wouldn't be surprised if they both get the opportunity to play at some time this year. But we're going to have to name a starter, and that's going to happen here pretty quickly.
1: When you look at Jaden and maybe his strengths, or where does it show through that he has started three seasons of college football already?
5: Um, I would say probably management of the offense in terms of getting people lined up, getting the offense running smoothly, efficiently. and, and, and I, think, I think the guys feel a sense of um, calm when he's out there because he's done it before. He's getting guys lined up. There's, there's a uh, authority. I mean, the way he talks to the guys out there, you know, we call it CLAP, which is clear, loud, as an order. Uh, and then there's a pause, you know the, the acronym CLAP. It's a military term. Uh, when when they're asked for their leaders to talk, they use the acronym clap and he's clear, um, he's loud, um, he talks like it's in order and then there's always a pause so you can hear it. And I think that helps a lot because people know he's played and when he's out there, um, guys really tune into him and I think that that's a comfort level.
3: Right, we talked about
7: the uh, defensive line a lot. Um, and you feel comfortable. You seem like you feel comfortable with them. What, what have they done to make you give that comfort, get that comfort? And also, is
2: it about what you expected or better than you expected?
5: Well, you've got three guys that I think are elite players. Uh, Mason Smith, uh, Jay Roy, and you know Ali uh, Gay. They're elite players. Um, Then you add uh, BJ Ojolari, you know, who can do multiple things for you. He can put his hand down. He can drop. So when when you have a front that has, you know, four elite players, um, (laughs) that's that's where it starts to um, allow you to do a lot of things up front and be creative. So Matt now has... Uh, you know a great advantage because he can move those guys around and do a lot with them so i just think they have four really good players like that and then and then you know you've got um you know a makai wingo who's been really good um and and some really complimentary pieces you know we haven't talked a lot about desmond little he's done a really nice job for us um Uh, Jacoby Gilroy has been really good, real solid for us. Um, So depth is probably the other thing that that makes you feel good about not only four lead players but having some depth there as well.
1: All right, Shay. Hey, I I don't know about you, but I appreciate some actual commentary on this quarterback competition, and and it certainly still sounds to me like Jane Daniels is the guy there.
0: Yeah, and what's funny out of all of them, this is probably like the stiffest competition. Yeah. This is like – this is one that probably could go either way. And you've made mention, and, and I'm, I'm doubling down on it myself, I guarantee we see both these quarterbacks this year. Um, he's not going to settle. He's going to see who does better under pressure. But he just wants to make sure he's got the right guy out, out of the gate. So um, I love it. I, I felt like this was real. And I'll tell you this right now, man. He loves that front four, don't he? I mean, I, I, he is in love. And I think that was the first thing when he got down there. You know, you, you look over your roster and you're just like, oh, okay. You could control the defensive front, Mike. You can stay in a lot of ball games in the SEC.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why, you know, we cannot – you know, we may be overrating – or excuse me, underrating LSU just because mm-hmm. of how dynamic they are up front – and that will solve a lot, a lot of issues you got on your football team if you're strong on that line of scrimmage.
0: Absolutely. Make a team one-dimensional, watch out, buddy.
1: Yeah. And, and final thing on LSU, Shane, a little bit of bad news potentially here. Running back John Emery, who missed last year due to academics, uh, mm-hmm. according to Brody Miller of The Athletic, is reporting right before we hopped on. John is going to be suspended two games to open the season due to academics, but LSU is appealing it. So there's a chance – the, he wins his appeal and he's able to play, and everything I'm hearing about John Emery, Shen, he's going to be a workhorse for this uh, Brian Kelly offense. They they really really need John Emery on the field. I ho- I hope they get him uh, in the opener. Uh,
0: you, you just if, here's a guy that, you know, it's like now's the time. This is the season. Yeah. We, we, we we keep putting like our potential breakouts. How many times we had him on the list? I I really do, and I hate. I don't want to see him get in trouble for academics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get out there, make your make your name, man. This is your time to to showcase who you are because he is NFL talent. Mm-hmm. And if he keep, I, I just don't want to see him waste it and be on last chance. You you know.
1: Right, right. Well, last team that with a quarterback competition is here, Shane. Let's jump on down to the plains where. They had a scrimmage over the weekend there at Auburn. Sounds like me, Shane, even though that uh, Robbie Ashford, the, the transfer from Oregon, making a push for that job, it still sounds like this is T.J. Finley's job. Brian mm-hmm. Harson very high on the his uh, returning starting quarterback. And Eric Casal. we don't have his clips, but the offensive coordinator also very, very high on T.J. Finley over the weekend. Yeah. So let's kick it over to Harson. To kind of
2: sit back and watch the video, what were your impressions of kind of? quarterbacks from the,
7: the situation stuff Yeah, it was good. I thought we started slow. I don't. Know, it wasn't the quarterbacks. I just think we started slow um, from the offensive standpoint, and that, that's also a credit to our defense as well. It's not just you know one side wasn't executing. I thought the defense did a good job in those uh, red zone situations. That's where we started yesterday. Um, but overall, like what we're looking for from the quarterbacks is operation. You know, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, I know everybody wants to see these guys go out there and just make plays, but you have to get the call from the sideline. You got to communicate it. You got to operate, and that's the most important thing right now. Is is what we're looking for, um, and they did that. So they did a good job with that. Then they made plays. So probably that third series, fourth series, it started to pick up, tempo picked up, uh, execution picked up, and I thought TJ did some really good things in the scrimmage as far as just managing the clock and the situations and and making sure that we didn't have to call timeouts. So he's has, he has a really good awareness on the field. I thought Robbie made some plays, um, just standing in the pocket and throwing. He made some plays with his feet and getting out and scrambling and making a few throws. Uh, Zach did a nice job as well. He moved the chains and um, scored touchdowns. So all three guys. You know, Holden didn't get a ton of reps in the scrimmage, but those three guys mainly, um, they all did some positive things that we needed to see from them.
2: We we, we talked to uh,
0: Coach Keesaw yesterday, asked him about charting the quarterbacks. He said it's different than what you guys did last fall compared to what you're doing now. A lot of that's because it's a three-man race. The battle is different. What, What maybe went into maybe how you're charting these guys here in fall, how you're grading them on a daily basis compared to last year, and how do you think it's... I think it's going so far in terms of helping you determine who that guy's going
7: to be. Sure. Well, last year was different with Bo. Yeah. You know, that was that was a little bit different because um, I think that was a little bit more solidified early on. And this is more of the way that you know I've always kind of charted the guys and, and have done it for a long time like that. Just it's really everything, right? It's 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 every meeting. You know, that, that's one of the things too. Just at the quarterback position, right? A- every meeting. Alright, our guys early. They got their notebooks out, are they ready to go? Just it's it's this whole just pro approach is what it is. And you can tell who your quarterback is when you walk into a room, I think. That guy's sitting down, he's got his notebook out, he's locked in, he's dialed, he sits in the meeting room and he pays attention, he knows the answers, he's flowing with the coach. Um, he's one of the first guys out there on the field, he's getting warmed up, he's he's got command of what's going on. So just Every single thing. Cause you think about in that room, you know, there's myself, I played quarterback, Coach Kesaw played quarterback, Mike Hartline played quarterback in there. So you got you got three guys in that room, you know, that have been around the quarterback position for a while, then our players, you know, you're you're trying to help these guys not just you know what they're doing physically, but how to play the position and what it takes. So um, every single thing, every single day, evaluated, and then it kind of just starts back over again. All right, now here's where you are. What are you going to do today? And we just keep resetting goals because when we get out there, I mean, it's it's not going to be easy for them, right? That's we hope practice is really hard every single day. I hope it's harder than the game. But when they get on the field there, I mean, things are going to happen. It happened in the scrimmage, right? You think one thing's going to go a certain way, and all of a sudden, bang! In two drives, it's not going that way. Well, how do you respond? What are you going to do? And I think all all of those guys have done a good job. Heck, today Holden, I mean, he's not, Holden hasn't got a ton of reps. Holden comes out there today and he's firing the ball better than all of them, in my opinion. So we're trying to do these drills and then all of a sudden like Holden just comes out of nowhere and he's, he's you know, one of the best throwers that I've coached and he's getting some things figured out fundamentally. So all of a sudden now you're sitting there going, okay, where's this guy been? And he's just young, but now it's, you know, sometimes you have those moments where it's like, okay, I'm ready. And I don't know when that's going to be for a young player, but Holden's starting to come on now. And, um, you know, he's not going to get those same amount of reps, but but here's a guy that's building, and so that's going to carry over into the season. And then who knows what happens. You know, if he keeps advancing and growing and developing, then, you know, there's a guy that can spin it, you know, a guy that we thought would be a good player for us. But um, those guys, every day they walk in the building, they're being evaluated, all eyes are on them. And, you know, that's just how we do it. You know, that might be not how everybody does it. That's just how we do it and what we feel like is important for us because that's how our quarterbacks are going to be trained. They're going to be trained like pros, and you want them to act like that. So, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that way.
0: Ryan, and can you talk specifically to, uh,
6: with Tate? Um, that's a guy who doesn't have as many reps as some of the other guys on the offensive line. Of coach,
0: uh, Where have you seen growth and development in T.J. Finley since the end of
7: last season? Yeah, maturity. I, I really do. I think he's, you know, I'll say this. T.J. has got a like a coach's mentality. He sees things out there, and that's just not everybody conceptually picks things up uh, very quickly. You know, it takes a little bit of time, and you know he's got that mentality, and that's just you know some guys have it. Some guy it takes some time for others. Like you'll figure it out, but we all know like we're all good at something, and sometimes guys are really good at football and just kind of just seeing it, and. Couple examples in the scrimmage, right? He sees, you know, we we'll get the play in late. The clock's winding down. It's going to be a timeout situation. Well, he's getting everybody lined up and getting the snap count to what it needs to be so we can get the play off and then executing the play. So it's not a panic. He's just doing it with urgency and gets everybody lined up, and then bang, we convert a third down to nine. So, like, those are things to me that I think he does a really good job of. Um, physically, all of our, you know, all the quarterbacks, right? You're always talking about
0: everybody.
7: (laughs) No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) All
1: right, say, hey, nothing I heard there, I don't know about you, but nothing I heard there leads me to believe that it's going to be anyone other than T.J. Finley when the Auburn Tigers take the field this fall.
0: I just think it's kind of funny. He's like. The third string quarterback did a little, you know, it's like, don't, 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 don't go down that road. I get enough of that from Lane Kiffin and his his side bets. I, I this, this to me, Mike, felt like locker room talk. That I don't know if, if you got that same vibe. This, this felt like, man, you know, we got some young players on this team that are having trouble maybe seeing what's expected of them. Um, and, I don't know if if I'm just reading too far into this, but it kind of felt like, you know, this is what you got to do to be good. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't come in unprepared. Be prepared, over prepared, right. so that you can focus on the fine details because that's what wins SEC football games. Are those those fundamental mistakes that you made that could have been erased if you would have spent more time at film. On, on a Saturday night, or if you would have spent more time in your playbook on a Tuesday morning when you should have been, you know, but instead you're playing your PlayStation, you know. Right. I, th- I think that's kind of what I'm getting here. And it felt, too, like the coaching staff. Guys, we, we have got to – Auburn's Auburn's under the gun, man. Uh, there, This isn't the best Auburn product you're, you've ever seen, okay? This ain't your Papa's Tigers. But I will tell you, Mike, if they could come out – and not make stupid mistakes that some of these SEC teams are going to make. They could surprise a few opponents, and I think that's the message here: is like, let's be over prepared. Let's be the the. Let's be ready when the kickoff happens, because if we're more prepared, we may not have as much talent, but we can win the game if we can if we can capitalize on their mistakes.
1: Right, and I mean, case in point: running out of bounds in the Iron Bowl. Yeah. Alabama, no damn timeouts, you know, basically would have iced the game. So absolutely, no need to rehash that. But I think you make the perfect point, Shane, because Auburn's got talent. We, you know, again, we may think they're the number seven in the West. That means they're probably 25, 30 in the country. This is yeah. not a roster devoid of talent. But to beat the teams ahead of them, they cannot beat themselves They have to eliminate those mental errors, have to eliminate penalties, have to eliminate turnovers. If they can do that, they are going to surprise a lot of people this fall. Uh, Hell, this is a team that beat A&M. They beat Arkansas. This is not a joke of a team. Uh, They have it in them to surprise, but again, cannot beat themselves. They They just don't have the roster to do that right now.
0: Exactly, and that's that's what he says over and over. This was, this just felt real. Felt, you know, it felt like we, this is locker room talk. Mm-hmm. And you know, and this is something that you need your leaders on the team to step up and do too. Um, you think of the all time great SEC teams. Well, they've got coaches out there every day on the field. There's a coach, either the quarterback or a middle linebacker or a safety. There's there's seniority on that team that steps up. And and takes over, and my camera just died. Man, Mike, we were so close. (laughs) So damn close. All
1: right, right, last team, Shane. Let's kick it all down to Fayetteville where old Sam Pittman recapped uh, the final scrimmage there for the Razorbacks. And, ooh, boy, if you you missed it on the spaces, Shane, my bold Mm -hmm. take, K.J. Jefferson went in the Heisman, and nothing Sam Pittman says here is backing me off that ledge.
7: Your thoughts on on KJ's play and Malik too, just quarterbacks in general after KJ.
3: I can't remember. Um, Kyle, help me here. I I can't remember a, a interception. I don't think we had an interception. Uh, the The things that we had, you know, we had some balls on the ground as far as the snaps. Um, but I thought KJ controlled the offense. You know, if you he's your leading rusher on the team, and you never run him in camp, you know what I mean? Now he's doing his reads and he can run. If anybody's even halfway close to him, the play's dead and all that. I think you're gonna see a much different offense. What I'm, what I'm excited about is he can throw and we we can catch. And we're still, when we hand the ball off, we're still having success. And uh, he's just getting better all the time. He really is, and I know probably we all say that, but he's getting better, he's throwing the ball better, he's taking care of the ball and uh everybody on the field knows that he's 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 the guy and uh and so i've been really proud of him he's 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 night and day from what he was confidence wise a year ago uh, at at this time we really didn't know what we had to be honest with you trey you know going into the rice game last year but we do this year
0: KJ said yesterday he wanted to work
1: on getting the ball out quicker. Um, did you feel like he had success with that today? And then, how have you seen his accuracy improve? Yeah,
3: I, you know he's done that all spring, you know all fall, excuse me. And uh, uh, I think getting out of the, getting the ball out of your hands uh, quicker is has everything to do with knowing where to go to the ball pre snap and you know, going with the ball. Where his reads are much faster. If one's covered, I'm going there, but. Uh, but I don't know. You'd have to ask him, but I think a lot of times it was. I'm going to go to one read, and if it's not open, I'm going to find Burks, which has worked out pretty good, you know. But uh, this year, I think he understands coverages and the looks and all that. Therefore, he's getting the ball. And he's got a quicker release, but I think that's why he's throwing the ball faster. Fortin had to play the day today when he, he threw one. I don't know, kind of sidearm first
2: week of August, two weeks from today you play Cincinnati, are the receivers did you ever think that the receivers would be where they're at today when you first started in August?
3: No, I mean uh, no and that's a lot to do with their coaching with Coach Guyton but also has a lot to do with them too, Um, you can't just say well we went in the portal and we got Landers and, and, and Hazelwood because Uh, Jaden Wilson's better now he's beat up right now too but Jaden Wilson's better Uh, Warren Thompson is a lot better than what he was last year and Keytron Jackson so uh, the strength coach and the way that they prepare and just the kids who they are but I never would have thought Warren Thompson would be the player that he is right now from a year ago but that's credit to him no to answer your question but before you at the
2: cornerback position, I know it's corners.
3: The uh Cam Little? Yeah, he said he'd like to increase his accuracy rate. To he maybe plus plus ninety and thinks if you know he hadn't kicked it into a headwind, he get range maybe fifty-six yards. Expand that a little bit. What what are you? What kind of camp has he seen? And how do you? As good as he was last year, how could he possibly you know be in ways to be better? Well, I guess he can make twenty-four out of twenty-four. I'd be better than 20 out of 24. What's 20 out of 24? 83.3%? Huh? That's just Grove education, baby. Six years of PE degree. That's six years of professional PE degree at Pitt State.
0: Here I was talking about Brian being efficient, not messing up. My camera's like, just, you know what, I've had enough today. I've had enough of your fat ass. I am going to. Take a nap. We'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, Jay. So, uh, I mean, say Pitt, but he's even got jokes here. But, the, you know, he seems confident. He seems not worried about uh, the, some of the perceived issues we thought about this Arkansas Razorback. Not only are they, again, we're, we're basically hammering home the same point every Arkansas bit. But it just seems like this is going to be one hell of a season potentially for the Razorbacks.
0: Yeah, setting it up, but you know you gotta be careful. I know. I, I here. I, I love the truth serum. I love the the being real. Mm-hmm. But you know you've, you're setting a bar, and uh, it, there's there are high expectations. But that, I think that's what you want. Yeah. With a, with being a Razorback, with being Coach Pittman, and and what you've built over there, you you want you need to come out with a little bit of that swagger because teams notice. You know, Alabama notices, Texas A&M notices, Georgia notices these these higher programs. They know when they go against the Arkansas Razorbacks, if they're ill prepared, they may they may be in for a long Saturday. So, I love that, and I love I love how. It's just good news all the way around. And it it's scary if you're a gambler because, you, you know, it's tougher and tougher to bet on these guys because the spreads <laughs> keep getting wider. But but I will say, uh, as a, if you're a Razorback fan, you've got to be very pumped by the encouraging words Coach Pittman has.
1: Yeah, and one of the best opening weekend games here, two ranked teams, Cincinnati coming to town. Cannot wait to see some Arkansas Razorbacks. I don't know about you
0: shit me either man i'm ready i'm just ready for any football <laughs> i'm telling you i've i've been playing mad and i've been watching you know i've anything and everything football related i'm in it so i love it man and and as a razor i mean you're just sitting on your hands you can't wait to see your product right. that's for sure i i think there's there's a lot of folks that think they've really got a shot myself included to compete in the west to maybe even make an sec championship right you know but but it you keep waiting for that but or that if you know and Mm -hmm. you're not getting it this year and i I just love it and sam Pittman doubling down on it man i I just love the confidence my head coach has here yeah well hey brother
1: i think that's gonna do it for this episode of the show that's because that's all i got you got anything before we hop (laughs) off
0: the line no um again don't forget space is coming up uh we decided on friday night lights that's <laughs> l-i-t-e-s and uh Uh, We're looking forward to having you guys on, uh, but we got some pretty exciting things rolling out this week, so keep tuning in. We'll keep you posted on that, and uh, when it's open to the public, we'll, um, you know, for you little gamblers out there, you know, you know who you are. Uh, You know, Shane's always, he's come out here with these hot takes and bold takes, you know, but now I'm going to have to put my money where my mouth is, so... Uh, I'm excited about that in the next chapter of SEC Football Podcast.
1: Well, I appreciate you, as always, joining me, Shane. We almost made it the whole way through with the video. Cannot, <laughs> cannot believe we how close we came. I, do, I appreciate the effort. I really do. And I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. So we'll catch you on the next one.
0: All right. See you guys. Go balls. I think tomorrow's the day, Mike. I think tomorrow is the day I put it all together.